Welcome to Love in the Time of Corona, a podcast that explores love, dating, and staying sane during a pandemic. I'm Alexa. And I'm Devin. And welcome to this beautiful, beautiful car crash. Hey, Devin. Hello, Alexa. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fabulous. I didn't fuck up anything in my last week of classes. So once my grades and comments are in, I've done it against all the odds. I've done it. Oh, come on. Everyone knew you could do it. How is your soul? My soul? In slight peril. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I... I think it's starting to hit me how long it's been. We've been in quarantine mm-hmm. and it is going to be like this all summer because I'm not really planning on breaking it. Yeah. And it's just, it's an egregiously long time to be stuck. Inside. Yes. But, but better than getting coronavirus. So, you know, yes. it's like, so you just, you just got to do it. But, um, I've been mourning my youth a lot. Oh, wow. Well, because I, I worry that, you know, for the next two years, is this thing going to be on and off? Be living at home with mommy, daddy, you know, what the hell? We don't know what anything's going to look like. So I definitely, this week, I've kind of been in a weird headspace of, like, we don't know what anything's going to look like, but there's no real, like, hope. Mm-hmm. insight it's just kind of and then I've been thinking oh my god next year I'm gonna be my first year of teaching and it's gonna be all online probably like what the hell like I don't know anything so mm-hmm. it's just gonna be crazy but I made really good brownies and I watched all of Avatar The Last Airbender because I wanted to be swaddled in a cocoon of nostalgia as my brain is playing like a crazy my brain is playing ping pong like they play in the olympics have you seen mm, you know how they yeah, oh yeah oh yeah oh my that's like my brain constantly recently so i've i finished avatar in a week that's impressive i have also been rewatching it but i am only just barely at the end of the first season because i have been i've been savoring it i guess I don't know. It's also like I've just I've been watching that. I've been watching Star Trek Discovery. I've been watching mm. The Sopranos. So oh, now that is what we should be talking about. You didn't tell me you were watching The Sopranos. I was. I did. I tore through the first season a while ago and then stopped because it was just like I was loving it, but it was just too much. Oh yeah. And then I've been slowly lot. coming back to it, but uh, I'm just making. I'm only on season two. I'm just making it through it. But you know, it's it's good. And Avatar, which we'll be talking about more in a moment, I am sure, because we've discovered some very important things about nipples and our sex drives in relation to Avatar. But it's just such a word. It's a compound word. Sex drives? Yeah. They're two, two separate words. It's not a compound. In my head, it's a compound word. Yeah, well, you're We're wrong. recording much later than we usually do. And <laughs> so Lex's excuse. Dinner. Oh, come um, now. Okay, continue. So apart from having a complete existential breakdown and 
tearing through Avatar. Are there any significant silver linings you would like to share with the listeners? Avatar is my silver lining. It Avatar, well, okay. I This kind of coincides with our nipple update. I've seen a week's worth of cartoon nipples. Um, <laughs> well, hold hold the nipple thought. We'll get to the nipple update in a second. Oh, my silver, oh, I was gonna, hold, you're gonna edit this. My silver lining is Avatar. I was gonna talk about that after your silver lining. Okay. So, so Devin, then, yeah. what's your silver lining? I, I have three short little silver lining things apart from surviving my first year of teaching um, and getting egregiously drunk yesterday for the first time in a very long time. Um, Day drinking has not happened in a long time. I was very Mm -hmm. happy, but my, my three real silver linings are in a like very emotional, I am happy sort of way. One of my colleagues who was doing exit interviews with seniors made a point of telling me that most of the seniors she interviewed mentioned me as a really important part of their senior years. And so I was just oh kind of God. like crying into my mask, trying to, you know, hold it together. Um, that felt really special. Um, and then in a different way, one of my other colleagues was talking to me because she had sent a screenshot of one of our Zoom faculty meetings to one of her friends. And her friend was like, wait, who's that guy to people in from the right he's really cute and that was that was me so apparently i looked very cute on our zoom screenshot um can you post that on the instagram page the zoom screenshot yeah Yeah. i don't have the zoom screenshot get it i'll try and get it from her we can decide if i look cute um and then i have not made a decision about this yet but one of my friends texted me and said, hey, I have a friend who I think you would get along really well with. Would you do a virtual date with her? Yes. And I, I'm trying to decide. Yeah, Your answer is yes. You have to do it for the podcast. I know. This is a real thing. This isn't just random virtual speed dating. This is, this yeah. is real. You have to do it. You absolutely have to do it. It might happen. We'll see. I'll report back. I will decide on that situation but it's very enticing and worst case if i decide not to do that i can do a virtual date with my colleague's friend who called me out for being cute on the zoom screenshot that would be better just say hey does your friend want to do a virtual date with me i promise i'll wear the same shirt i'll look exactly (laughs) the same i'm not an imposter let's do it it'll be a zoom fantasy maybe that's the rom-com for the future ages I saw you on Zoom and I knew. Oh my God. Maybe. Who knows? I don't want to write it, but somebody could. You just have to pay me for the idea because now it's my idea. Um, So those are my silver linings. Keeping them brief, but they were fun. They're all over the place. And hopefully by the time this airs, I will be done with all of my grades and comments. So that is a uh, preemptive silver lining. So what is your silver lining? Um, my silver lining. Oh, I've become a fishmonger. <laughs> I'm not kidding. My neighbor is the chef, and she has obviously like the wholesale distributors, and has been getting fish for people in the neighborhood. And 
I have gotten her very organized. I made her a Google form, which is within my arsenal of like technological abilities, making a Google form. Um, and I refer to myself as the mafia because I've kind of taken over her cottage business and now I run it with efficiency. And I like talk on behalf of her up in these freaking town Facebook messenger groups. And when I say they make me want to like bash my head through a wall, people are so freaking stupid. But I'll write like, Christine would appreciate if you paid in cash in exact change. Well, we had a fish thief two weeks ago in the neighborhood. Oh. And because at first she was just leaving the fish out and people were taking what they ordered, but like 10 people didn't get what they ordered. And she did the math. The fish guy did the math. And I said to her, someone is stealing. I'm taking over. I'm the mafia. I'll offer you protection. My cut is she's going to buy me ice cream at the end of the summer. So I become a fishmonger and I have the worst Tiva tan on my feet. Because I've decided I'm only wearing my Tevas this summer because they're ugly and I love them. And I wore them distributing this fish. And now my feet are like forever marked as Tiva feet. Uh, that I finished Avatar in a week, which it's was a just... big silver lining. It was amazing. And I'm going to transition into our nipple update. I have seen a week's worth of cartoon nipples, which after not seeing nipples for a while I have to say I'm not too impressed still not impressed by nipples (laughs) especially the cartoon nipples of a 12 year old airbender yeah it is a lot of ang nipple and I mean it's a lot of ang nipple I mean and they're not even pierced no it's disappointing that's for sure um yeah, I mean, what do you what do you make of cartoon nipples? Like, if you're if you're grading the Avatar cartoon nipples on a scale of realism, like, where are we? Oh, they're pretty low. Uh huh. It's pretty low down. I mean, you don't have the the two chrome <laughs> realistic action going on there. Um, there's they're just kind of like dots. I just, they're just kind of dots. <laughs> you saw what I did. Yes. They're nothing spectacular. Mm. How do you Not feel correct. about, how do you feel about Zuko's nipples? Now, now we're talking. So <laughs> Prince Zuko, for those of you who haven't watched Avatar, pause this and go watch it. It's on Netflix. It was trending at number one. It's one of the best cartoons of all time. Um, so Prince Zuko, of course, Devin, you know, but for our listeners who haven't watched, is the troubled prince whose mission is to capture the Avatar, but goes through with this wonderful story arc and ends up becoming good. And I have to say, watching it as an adult, as a kid, I thought he was really evil. And watching it as an adult, I'm like, wow. Adult in air quotes, obviously, I'm a child, but he's so troubled and damaged and emotionally unavailable and gets really cute when he grows out his hair by season three Zuko. I was like, all right, Zuko can get it. I think he's 16, but he's cute. I don't know what this is saying about me, (laughs) but like Zuko's pretty cute. You you're looking to fuck a teenage animated character. No, not that, but like 
maybe you know becoming his friend. Like <laughs> no, becoming his friend for a while. We're gonna be friends for a long time, and then he's gonna ask me. I essentially what you do. I was trying to. You're trying to channel me. Yeah, Except, channel to be Devin. clear, I have never tried to befriend a minor with the goal of having them ask me out. I don't know how old he is in the show. In my when I was a kid, I thought he was like thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought everyone was th- I I had no concept of like what age meant. Yeah. I think he's supposed to be a teenager. He seems more like it seems he's like twenty. Mm-hmm. Not sixteen, but I don't know. Yeah, well what are the ages? I think Aang is supposed to be 12. 12. Katara's 14. 14. I think, and then, that, what's the brother? Sokka, Sokka. probably like 16. Yeah. 15, 16. So he and Zuko so think, are probably the same age. Yeah. So, all oh, right, 15. 15, 16. Yeah. I mean, That's in all Sokka. fairness, when I was originally watching Avatar as a child, and I realized I should have talked about this on our Sexual Awakenings podcast, but I, I dropped the ball. Um, Katara is really big for me. It was very important. Um, Katara can get it. Katara's cute. And now I'm watching it. It was like, oh man, I remember th- being in love with her as a kid. I'm like, now she's a 14 year old animated character. And now it feels a little weird to think about that because. And, and I never had a crush on Prince Zuko as a kid. And now as an adult, I'm like, Prince Zuko can get it. <laughs> I mean, it is a lot of, there's a lot of shirtless Zuko. There's a lot of shirtless Aang. There's a lot of shirtless Zuko. Firebenders like to show their nips. They really do. Yeah. Does that mean that when we, I just, I feel like that's a disparity in the deciding I was a firebender last week. I don't think I'm the type to just flash my nips around. Like that's not really my impulse. But I also think if you're firebending, because it's so hot, yeah. You're going to want to take your shirt off. I guess it is a matter of just comfort and yeah. having to also not catch on fire. I guess the less flammable material around, the better. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about the animated nipples, but they really aren't very high on the list of actually they're particularly low quality in the show and i think because it's a children's show it's like it's a kid's show on the surface level but it actually has a lot of like symbolism and meaning and and um advice and something that really stuck out for me from season one i do want your opinion on Devin because when it happened i wrote it down so the show it's for kids but it's for Adults too, and I, I like the shows that function on two levels. Mm-hmm. Because again, watching as an adult, there's so many things that went over my head as a kid. So in one scene, I think you saw this, Devin, Aang, of course, is in love with Katara the mm-hmm. whole time. Understandably and, so. Yeah, she's cute. She's cute. If you like that weird hair. So um Love the ringlets. Her hair I'm, loopies. I'm so behind them. They'd be easy to grab onto. Um, so, Aang asked Sokka for advice. And this is what he says to get a girl. He says, the number one mistake nice guys like you make, being too nice. 
To which Aang responds, you can be too nice. And Sokka says, here's the killer. Yep. If you want to keep her interested, you have to act aloof. Like you don't really care one way or the other. Now, my question is, has every man learned this line at birth? And is there, like, that is so freaking spot on. I had to pause it, and I rewatched it. <laughs> like, what the hell? That's so true, though. Yeah, it is, it is an, a hallmark of, I mean, the way, I think one thing the show does really well without going into my own TED Talk on this is kind of puncturing a lot of the heroic expectations of masculinity through, yeah. I mean, through Aang, through Zuko, through the way that Sokka is made fun of for some of this stuff, but like endearingly yeah. made fun of because you love him, but you're also like, pull your head out of your ass, Sokka. And I feel like that moment is this whole, it's poking the hole in the, oh, I need to be the closed off, intense male figure because that's the only way that anyone could be attracted to you. And I feel like it gets precursored in, I can't remember the, which episode it is, but when they go to the island and there are the female warriors with the fans. The Kyoshi. The Kyoshi. And oh, yeah. Sokka's like, I'm not going to fight a girl. Yeah. They couldn't beat me. They were girls. And then this like precursor of him starting to question that. But then it's not quite there yet because he's still giving Aang this terrible dating advice. Like we talk about us giving bad advice, but that's some terrible fucking advice. Yeah. And it doesn't work. For No, because you can't. But a lot of guys do it, though, because they don't want to show emotion. Mm -hmm. And then especially, I mean, we look at the episode, right? When Aang's trying to be aloof, it just, it doesn't happen. Because no, it doesn't work. It's just not going to respond to that. But I do think, you know, as I move through it, I'm sure there will be more angsty teen love advice we can talk about. So maybe we'll incorporate some Avatar love advice into each episode until we, I'm we finished. Will. But... But, you know, it was it was funny as an adult to see this, like, very, like, real and relatable thing I, that I never understood when I was 11, 10, yeah. when this thing came out. Yeah. And Absolutely. It it really made me laugh. I think I watched it, like, three <laughs> times. <laughs> it's a great show, and I'm I'm really enjoying the rewatch, so we will definitely talk more about it. And um, as I see more of the animated nipples, we'll see if my my opinion changes. But maybe at some point we should compare to some other animated nipples for the sake of science to see. We definitely could look at other anime-ish mm -hmm. um, nips. Definitely we'll have to look at Pokemon. Mm. Maybe some Yu-Gi-Oh! Throwback to Yu-Gi-Oh! I sold all of my Yu-Gi-Oh! cards at a fucking garage sale. I'm so mad. I sold them for twenty dollars. I bet that some of those I could go on Antiques Roadshow with them. Yes, I have my giant box of Pokemon cards. Oh yeah, I mean I have I'm my just, binder, but the Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Mm -hmm. My Yu, I don't even remember what they look like. I love those things. Well, I'm sorry for your Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Me too. But if it's any consolation, I know you're really excited about our interview today. I'm super excited. Our guest is uh, one of my closest guy friends besides Devin, obviously, my friend Luke. 
Um, we were in grad school to get, we were undergrad, but became really good friends in grad school. And he is coming on to talk about a subject that makes me say, ew, long-term monogamy. <laughs> and Luke is going to tell us how he has navigated the waters of long-term monogamy in a pandemic. And I will no doubt relate deeply to everything Luke has to say while Alexa cringes by the idea of sharing your life with anyone for any long period of time. Well, okay. To be fair, Adenta, long-term monogamy doesn't scare me. Like, I, I'm not scared of being with someone. No, no, I'm not. And that's not, not why I haven't dated people. It's just I haven't found someone who I could say, ooh, I could, like, actually see myself like staying with you for a long time mm-hmm. because my fear is getting bored. Mm-hmm. It's not being with someone. It's that I'm going to wake up when I'm like 45 and be super bored with someone. That's what I'm scared of. Mm. It's not commitment. It's not, no boredom. I'm super excited to have Luke on the show. And without further ado, here he is. Hi, Luke. Thanks for coming on the Hi. show. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. I've been a long-time listener, so I'm excited to finally, you know, make my debut on the podcast. It's exciting to have a fan on the show. You know, I didn't, when we started this, I didn't know if we would ever, we would ever reach the point where we would get to have fans. And it's, it's really exciting that there are people who actually listen. Yeah, I've, I was actually like so genuinely excited about this when Alexa reached out to me about potentially being on. I, I like live tweet her every time that I'm listening to an episode, like I'm participating in the conversation yes. with you guys. He does. No, I really look forward to it. Luke actually, um, well, we had to do a kind of a podcast for one of our grad classes. And Luke was my first podcast partner. Two heads are better than one. I think only, yeah. our, only our professor listened to it, but it was fun. It was so much fun. That was, it was when we were doing our student teaching, we had, yeah. a, we had to do, what were they, reflective essays? And we were mm-hmm. like, how about no? <laughs> how about we just talk instead? <laughs> and our professor was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And we were like, we know. So Luke, I'm actually going to let you tell our 40 listeners um, how we know each other. Okay. Um, well, it all starts with a man. His name is uh, Kevin Krauss. He, he was a, a professor at our graduate school where, unfortunately, we didn't have him during grad school. We had him during undergrad, but Alexa and I, I believe, were in educational psychology. Was that oh the name God. of the course? Mm-hmm. Oh I've completely God. forgotten everything about undergrad. So um, we, were, we were in a course called educational psychology, and this man was probably one of the least equipped people to be in front of a classroom. I, he was just so incredibly awkward. And me and Alexa forged a bond simply through like endurance. <laughs> that was, that's the only way it can be described. We just found that we could only tolerate this if one another was in the class. And yeah, we kind of like, it was interesting because we kind of got away from each other. Like after that year, cause it was our sophomore year. Was it not? Or was mm-hmm. it our junior year? Like we went through another year or two where we weren't really even that close of friends. And then once we reunited for, like, I think it was our final semester where we were starting to really dive no, into it, it was senior year. It was senior year. Was we it? started taking grad classes. Yeah, junior year. We, I studied abroad for one semester and you were busy yeah. running. And then senior year, we started our 
grad courses and you walked in and I was like, oh, Luke made it. And then we just kind of picked up from where we left off. Then Luke and I were in the same program. We did our student teaching at the same high school and we just became real good friends. And two of my closest guy friends are on this podcast and I am terrified. <laughs> we'll ease into it. I, you know, I'm going to be caring and unlike you who came out swinging at me last <laughs> week, I will, I will let us meander through this topic until I come for you. I, though I can't speak for Luke and Luke, if you want to go for blood immediately, I will support you. I had already, I already told Alexa that I don't think I could say a negative thing about her. It's not even that she's that great. Cause she is, she's pretty great. But at the same time, I just don't really say negative things about a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I'm trying, I'm trying to refrain from keeping it out, but I'll take a jab, but two at her probably at least once in this podcast, Good. just because she always, she like would always just like poke fun at me about like little uh-huh. random things. She, Alexa knows a lot about the, you know, the different kinds of crushes that I've had on multiple different women. So uh-huh. she'll say any random thing about like me being attracted to a specific woman, probably at least two or three times throughout the podcast. So mm. we'll see. Or Luke's Achilles heel is a woman speaking in a foreign language. Yeah. She would constantly be just saying things in Greek to me, not even to me, at me. Like <laughs> more so, it's just aimed in my direction. I'd yeah. be like, well, you know, sometimes, People just, they're at, they're giving me the material. It's like handing it on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. You just have to. I am curious if, Luke, and I apologize if this now makes more material for Alexa, but I just feel like this is a good route to go down. Alexa, if you're thinking about our types, because you say you know so much about both of our romantic inclinations, what's my type? What's Luke's type? If you're boiling it down, of woman? Yes. No, or of, burrito. Burrito. of dog. <laughs> What's your Chipotle order? Um, Devin's ideal... See, Devin, you're a little harder for me, actually. Oh. Because I feel like I have... I've never met any of the girls who you've dated. That's true. So, and Luke, I think I met Shelby once briefly. So I actually haven't met your friends, so it's kind of hard for me to like pinpoint like the type exactly Devin's type obviously um more I think is an English major um because Devin's an English major and, and being an English major is a personality type and you know like will watch movies with Devin will listen to Devin talking about movies for hours <laughs> will provide Devin with like a slight emotional challenge for him uh, Luke's type, I don't know, Luke. I feel like you've been with your current girlfriend for such a long time. Yeah, about three years now, almost. When we were friends sophomore year, you kept that very quiet. I actually don't really know your type. I mean, based on the things that I've said to you, I think it could range from literally anything to, you yeah. know, next next Wednesday. So it's like, it's it's definitely not pinned down to one specific, you know, breed of individual. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, when I was a sophomore, I wasn't really romantically involved with anybody. Like, I haven't had a legitimate girlfriend since probably senior year of high school. So what's my type? You guys can both tell me. I would first like to lodge a slight defense of myself that 
of the last three girlfriends I've had, none of them have been English majors. Two of them have been econ majors. So oh. you're a little off there, dearie, but Sorry. I'll give it to you. You know, um, econ, what the hell is even econ? I said it's very left and right brain. Admittedly, both of those econ majors were also talented poets. So here we are. Anyway, your type, Alexa, I, I mean, I'm inclined to just say um, short, redheaded, and Scottish, but that <laughs> would be... Oh, my friend Ewan? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ewan, if you're listening. It would be too aggressive to say that. Now, I think that you like to be the one who's in control. As we talked about last episode, where we decided you would be an earthbender, because again, the ground people walk on you would like to be in control of things. So I think you want someone who is not going to roll over for you because you also like that tension. Yeah. But they can't be more stubborn than you. So as like a character trait, and I think also, as we've discovered, you would need someone who's ready for Elton John Animal Crossing. So yeah. I take that as a, a large, like you're a very quirky person in the most wonderful way. So you need someone who is also weird enough because you would not be with a normie. That would be, no. that would be disappointing for all of us, but would be particularly disappointing for you. I know I could never date a finance bro. I'm such a fucking weirdo. And it would just, I mean, like, cause when I go on dates, I don't, I mean, I don't totally, I'm not totally myself because I can't reveal everything, but I'm definitely a weirdo. You know, I, yeah. I talk, I, I've mentioned Doctor Who on more than one date, you know, like whatever. Because <laughs> um, I don't think there's any point in hiding who you are, but, you know, I don't want to scare a guy, which I definitely, I mean, I definitely have um, on a date. Like when I first started dating, I was like, oh, I got to reel it in. <laughs> <laughs> reel it in. A reel little. it in here. <laughs> but I think my ideal man definitely has to have an accent. I couldn't yes. imagine. I don't see myself as an American man. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> no. I still so see it happening. When this question was prompted, those were some of the first things that like pinged in my brain. Other than quirky, I thought that was a really good point that Devin made was like that was one of the first things that started rattling around in there. And then also like highly intelligent and worldly were like the other two things that kind of, yeah. you know, triggered in my Luke mind. Like much I thought nicer. Well, you know. <laughs> no, but I like I was gonna say, like you're very you're very intelligent, you're very smart, you're very witty. Um, you're very funny as well, which I think is a sign of intelligence. And I don't think that you would accept anything less than those things in a partner. So it's like, how do you kind of reconcile all those things together? And the truth is, know. you don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you you compromise on one of them. <laughs> I was about to say, well, I'm still single. So I don't know. If you think you can put up with me, email us. Yes, right into the show. We will, uh, I'm sure, reach I'll go on a Zoom date with you. We could do a live Zoom date for it. Yeah. Oh, please, someone, please, if you would like to go on a date with Alexa right into the show, we'll set up a live Zoom date for an episode. Luke can live tweet it and we'll wrap yeah, it all I together. Will. She'll somehow BCC me on like the Zoom meeting so that yeah. they don't know that I'm there. <laughs> no, you know what? I'll I just hold know. my phone up badly and secretly report it. Apart from all of these potentials of who Alexa and I could be with, Luke, you have succeeded in being in a long-term relationship, which having been the survivor of not a three-year long relationship, but a couple longer relationships, kudos to Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So I'm, I'm curious, just kind of a setup. Can you tell us a little bit about your partner and how you ended up together? Yeah. 
So my partner, I will call her by her first name. I don't think she'll mind. Um, her name is Shelby. Rather ironically, we started really dating in college, but we had met in high school through a mutual friend. And that mutual friend just so happened to be my ex-girlfriend. Um, <laughs> well, now she's my ex, not at the time. But I met her, you know, because my girlfriend didn't go, to, didn't go to the school that I went to. As the, as the saying goes of, um, what is it? Teenage boys who have to try and defend themselves, defend their honor. Um, so my girlfriend didn't go to my high school. So I met her through my then girlfriend when we all went to prom at their high school. We, it was like the Crosstown Rival mm -hmm. um, school. So I met her then when I was 17, she was 16. And then time passed, obviously. And we never really made anything of our relationship then. Like we didn't really become like very much so friends. We just kind of followed each other on various social medias. And then when we got to college, I was a year ahead of her. So I had gone through my freshman year at Rutgers and then I got into my sophomore year and I noticed that I saw her in one of our big dining halls. And at the time I didn't really notice it, but it seemed like she was ignoring me. Um, and it turns out that I ended up being right. I somehow matched with her on Tinder. I forget, like probably like a week or two after that incident. And I was like, did you happen to ignore me in Brower Dining Hall the other day? And she was like, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. What, it, what of it, you know? And then turns out that she was indeed ignoring me because she didn't understand like if she was allowed to be friends with me after how my previous relationship with her friend had ended because it wasn't, it wasn't very positive. Um, and we went through like this awkward period of just kind of like chatting back and forth. And then I asked her on a date and it turns out that she did not think it was a date, even though I thought it was a date. So I took her to oh. this, um, I took her to this like Tex-Mex restaurant that was around the corner from my house, bought dinner and everything, had like a really nice time, but I didn't, you know, make any sort of physical advance because it just didn't seem like it was appropriate given the, I guess, just sort of, the energy of the date mm -hmm. and then pff, so that was my sophomore year so about two years went by until we reconnected because she had been since then in a previously long-term relationship with another person and I'm sure she's probably not gonna you know fault me for saying this but there was there was an awkward moment my senior year so her junior year where I was at a party you know for like a bunch of the track guys that I was on the team with had a party and I texted her and I was like, hey, what are you up to tonight? Like, would you want to come to this party? And she was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like that might be, you know, crossing a certain line. And I was thinking like, oh, is she talking about, you know, the previous relationship that I had had with her friend? I was like, I seem like it's pretty far removed from that now. I would be very surprised if that was the actual case. And it turns out that she thought it was crossing a line because she was still kind of semi with her boyfriend, mm -hmm. um, which I also didn't find out so much later. And then they ended up breaking up not not too long afterwards we started the phase of talking where it was probably like three or four months it was about september to december and in january i asked her to officially be my girlfriend she ended up going to um she ended up going to the czech republic in germany for a little bit to visit one of her friends who was studying abroad we said i love you over the phone and it kind of like cemented the whole reality of the relationship so now since January of 2018, we've been like officially together and it's been a pretty good ride. You know, we've done a lot together. We've done a lot of really interesting things like travel wise. She's been to two of my brother's weddings. She's seen the births of 
a few of my nieces and nephews. We have both been through grad school together. Well, she's still currently in grad school. She's at law school, but she saw me through the end of my um, the end of my tenure as an undergrad, and then my whole year at grad school, and now like her starting law school and me starting a job. We've been through quite a bit, and this has been you know a little bit of a challenge to the standard, the norm of the things that we've been doing. So it's been it's been really interesting. I would say you know from where we started to where we are now and how we've you know kind of transformed and what we bring to the table and what we need from one another so i think that point of how much you go through together i feel like when you're you're with someone for long enough over a transitional period it's just it's incredible how much they see and if you make it through that transition together you just have this baked in experience that i think even makes any bond even more powerful whether it's a friendship or romantic relationship but especially with a romantic relationship of that tenure yeah actually that's brought up an interesting point that i do feel as though at least over the past two years like almost our entire relationship has been based upon like a transitional period because Mm -hmm. my senior year i then went into grad school and she only did a semester for her final year she graduated a semester early so right around the time we were about a year in together she left school and then I started going to school full-time pretty much like in grad school where we weren't doing student teaching anymore where I just had nothing but time on my hands because I was no longer competing for my team um so I wasn't going to practice I was literally just sitting around having nothing to do all day yeah so it was it was interesting that you know we went from the period of time where we spent pretty much my entire senior year together to only being together for half a year to then both transitioning into me starting a job and her starting law school. And now we're at the moment in time where we're not technically allowed to see one another. We have to be much more vigilant with what it is that we're doing day to day. And as much as I hate to say it, like we're not taking it as seriously anymore, but we were taking it extremely seriously. There was a period of time we hadn't seen each other for like six some odd weeks. Yeah. So what was that like? So you guys have gone through a lot of life stuff together and how did the quarantine impact your relationship that's actually one of the main reasons that I wanted to come and talk on this show is because I felt like I brought a unique perspective in this moment in time because um I'm an incredibly affectionate person like my Mm. love is just very physical in a lot of ways like I grew up you know with three older brothers and two very affectionate parents and we were always hugging one another you know we were always very very close-knit family I live really close to a lot of my um, extended family as well. Like I said, my love is highly, highly affectionate. And to have that aspect of my relationship taken away was, Mm -hmm. it was really, it was really difficult. And it was very eye-opening to the other parts of my relationship that I, um, that I love. And it's, it was very much so a time, once again, of transition, but of being really reflective on the things that I value in a relationship and the relationship that me and my girlfriend have and just focusing on the things that we have available to us in this time, you know, our health and our, and our families, but also like the love that we share over a bunch of different things. Like people always talk about their love language and whatnot. And I think me and my girlfriend's love language might be playing word games on iMessage. Like we would be doing that (laughs) constantly all day and we didn't even have to really text each other. We would just kind of be sending them back and forth when we could because she was still embroiled in, not embroiled, but she was still going through all of law school. I'm still creating materials for my students 
Um, so it's not like we weren't busy, you know, we were just making time for each other when we can, when we could. And I felt like that was so, so important to what it is that we're doing. But something that I was talking to Alexa about during all of this was just how much not being able to physically hold my girlfriend was like just an mm-hmm. incredibly difficult thing for me. And I was, I was talking to my girlfriend about it when we finally did get the opportunity to see one another. We just, we just kind of like broke down in the sense that we were like, let's just hang out with each other, sit apart from each other, just enjoy the presence of one another, enjoy each other's company. So we were sitting um, out back on, on her deck. And like I said, sitting roughly six feet apart. And I had my foot up on something that's, I guess, like an ottoman, like an outdoor patio ottoman. And she put her foot like on my leg. And because I had missed like her physical contact, I started to cry. I like genuinely let some tears fall down. And I was like, just so moved in that moment. um, Because it was some of the first real intimacy that I had had in a long time. And it just showed me how much this has affected me in a way that I don't really understand. And it's just created this this incredible turmoil that is existing yeah. in in my soul. But it's been it's been a wild ride for sure. Like trying to maneuver everything and figuring out different ways to make a relationship work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I in a broad sense, I am also an as Alexa can attest to, and just an incredibly affectionate person across the board. And having just having that, like I'm the person who hug, hugs all my friends when I see them. I do a lot of just like curling up and cuddling with friends, which also means then, you know, when you're trying to flirt with someone, it's hard because I'm like, well, i Your just... default is like a house cat that <laughs> wants attention. <laughs> Me. Yeah, I really am. No, Devin's a nice cuddler. I had to cuddle Devin when we were watching Get Out because I was so fucking scared the whole time. <laughs> Classic. Yes. But I I can only imagine like there's so, the emotions in a reunion like that after not seeing your partner for so long is strong enough already. And then just to have that, just the touch that is so, like a kind of touch that is, seems so simple in any other circumstance. And then when you're in this new pandemic world and then all of a sudden it just I can understand such a strong reaction because it's the first when you get that first touch just to bring it back together would be I just I just can't imagine yeah it was it was very nice like that's all I can really say is that in that moment she was because it's funny because me and my girlfriend are actually kind of opposites in the way that we present our love and she is not a very physical like person in that sense. Like she is very fine being by herself. Like I oftentimes say, and actually this, this is something that I brought up to her the other day, but I told her that she's more like a cat than she's like anything. Like she's very, I will give you affection when I want to give you affection. Mm-hmm. Like when I don't want that, I will, you know, shy away or I will be on the other side of the room. So she's existed in this world pretty, pretty easily. You know, she's been somebody that's on her own a lot and it wasn't much of a transition for her where it was for me. Yeah. And we went through a lot of that, you know, in the beginning stages where I was like, I just feel, you know, very down. I feel very overwhelmed and all of these different things. And she was not feeling those. So it was kind mm-hmm. of a, it was a big disconnect between us and it was tough to navigate at first. But once again, I like, as these restrictions have eased, we've been a little bit, you know, 
worse with it. And we've been, you know, seeing each other more often, oftentimes still, you know, trying to adhere by anything that we can, constantly washing our hands, like not touching our face and stuff. But as I touch my face while, yeah, as I touch my face while I did that, (laughs) it's literally impossible not to touch my face. Um, You have a great face. Yeah, it's 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 been an incredibly formative thing. And it's funny that something like this could happen so deep into our relationship where we think we've kind of figured everything out. Mm. And it's like, you just get presented with the reality that you have no idea what you're doing at all. And it's, it's been nice. It's been tough, but it's also been like really enjoyable. So out of just curiosity to get this in my head, geographically, how far away from each other are you and Shelby? Um, right now, not very. I mean, she is less than a 10 minute drive, um, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. The, the furthest geographically that we've been apart from one another is when I was still at school for my final semester and she was back home. So that was about 90 some odd minutes of time. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's never been like an incredibly long distance relationship. So yeah. that's also what's been kind of a hurdle about it is that in my moments of, you know, just despair, I know that I could just take the 10 minute drive and go see it. Yeah. I'd be breaking curfew. I'd be the breaking rules. curfew if I went and did it, but it was like, who, who even cared? You know, it was 8.30. So that was, that was one of the other things that was really difficult about it was that we are so close together. Like I can be at her house like that. You know, I can be at her house in an episode of SVU without the commercials. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it, it, it made it, it made it more difficult at the same time, but you know, it was nice that now we've overcome that and it's super easy for us to see one another. So you guys have officially broken quarantine. Yeah. Uh, 100%. And it's, I am very, I'm very, um, I feel a lot of remorse and I'm very regretful that I've done it. But at the same time, like I'm upset <laughs> just in general. That's all I'll say is that I'm upset with the way things are going. <laughs> you know what yeah. though? I kind of feel like how many weeks is it? I think it's like 10 weeks been a lot now. everyone's been hitting the wall like I, I i can't believe it's been 10 weeks today i realized i thought about the life that i had had and i took a walk around the park and i listened to greek music and i cried and then i felt better but it was just like all right i don't have a life that's okay but it's it just never ending like there's no hope so all right you're both, like you gotta do what you gotta do to survive. Don't take, I mean, if everyone breaks quarantine, it's gonna be a shit show, but you're my friend, so I don't, I, I'm gonna give you a pass. As the I'm quarantine not gonna you. I feel like, to it, you breaking quarantine this way is different than like 30 people getting together and going to a restaurant sans yeah. masks. Like, I feel like those are the, those are the things I worry about. I was going to say, did you guys see what happened in Belmar, New Jersey, like not too long ago? That crazy, bra- wait, was it the rally that happened yesterday in Point Pleasant or different? No, this was um, a gym owner. He owns a he owns a specific branch of like a national chain of gyms in Belmar, New Jersey. So it's not too far from me, about 35 minutes. And he opened his gym. He's like, all right, everybody that has a membership here can come work out. And they had like this massive, it literally looked like a rally but it wasn't and the cops showed up and they were like you are all in violation of an executive order blah 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 and they were like 
with that being said, like everybody have a good day, stay safe. And the cops left and all of the people are like chanting and like all extremely hyped up. And it's, I mean, it's a bunch of like really muscle bound individuals, you know, the people that would be protesting for a gym to be open. Mm -hmm. And later that day, or maybe it was the next day or something, there was another video from the same location of somebody getting arrested at that gym. And I was like, that's what should be happening. Like, yeah, I, I totally understand if you want to go to the beach, like there is, there's a lot of research that suggests that if you're outside, you are much less, you are much less likely to contract or somehow, you know, spread the virus. But if you're in a gym where everyone's using the same equipment and literally oh, yeah. exchanging body fluids, like that's pool. Yeah. Like it's, it was just, it was infuriating. And like the worst part about it was that when the cops said, you know, stay safe, have a good day. This one guy just starts going USA. USA like that has something to do with it all this stuff has made me so I mean I don't consider myself a patriotic person but this and seeing how these how a lot of people who are protesting quarantine like equate they like totally misconstrued American freedom to like being able to go get a haircut it's like no it is so like heinous and irrational to me and I just if everyone just stays inside this will be over sooner anyway yeah yeah there's all of this crazy is to people say, in new jersey yes luke all of this is to say that you going to see shelby i think is very low on the list of uh things yeah. we're going to be worrying about because so, i mean if you, if, if you went to go protest at a gym we'd be having a different conversation <laughs> <laughs> so you live close together yeah. you had the the length apart when you were in that last semester but as somebody who had their first year of teaching this year, because I know that had at my time, so I was in a long distance relationship when I started teaching. Working at a boarding school in a long distance relationship, like just having any sort of consistent ability to be there for someone, it's just, for me, was so out the window. In a lot of ways, I'm curious, for you in this kind of the chunk of teaching while handling relationship, did you feel that teaching added any strain to the relationship before all of this pandemic stuff burst out? I would say yes. And it mostly came down to like just time management, I guess. I mean, Mm -hmm. as somebody who was also a first year teacher, like you know how badly you want to seem involved with the school because that's like a mark of good status, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was always, I was constantly, you know, chaperoning dances and I was volunteering for certain things and I was, there was one moment where um, there's a comp because I work at a vocational school, so it's also a little bit different, but um, I work at a vocational school where we have this thing called HOSA, which is health occupations and science, health occupation sciences academies. It's kind of like DECA, but like for mm-hmm. health occupations, um, for anyone that knows what DECA is. <laughs> and there was one time when one of the HOSA um, advisors had to bail on something so they needed somebody last minute like can you come chaperone this trip you know 45 minutes away from what it's actually funny because it was happening in Cumberland County which is south from where I live now and my school is north from where I live so I had to go up to my school to go back down past my house to do this and I had to get to my school by six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and it's already 45 minutes for me to get there so I like went out of my way to do that sort of thing. So like all of these different time constraints put, um, took a toll on my relationship. And then also just the fact that like, 
I'm more of a early bird gets the worm kind of person. My girlfriend's more of a night owl. So when she would sleep here during the school week, we would tend to be up to like 12 or one in the morning, whereas I'd still be getting up at five to go teach. You know, I like to be at school early. So that was one of the toughest things in that beginning part was because I didn't want to ever put my relationship in jeopardy because who knows if I'll be at the school for more than a couple of years, who knows, you know, X, Y, or Z. So that was one thing that just was a definite added stressor that I didn't really relate to her at all. It was something that I kind of suffered with on my own, but it was 100% a thing that was genuinely going on. Yeah. I was so tired. Like you probably can't tell now, but I had bags under my eyes for like, I felt like I just looked like, a much older version yes. <laughs> than, than was previously I was previously familiar with. First year of teaching is brutal. I get it. So I mean, I looking back on it now, I'm sure that so the boarding school I teach at, we have class six days a week. Yeah. So why I would they do that? Are, are I, your days shorter if you have class six days so a week, or on, is it just a lot more school? We have normal class days: Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. But on Wednesdays and Saturdays, it's classes are done oh, by great. noon. But, okay. um, but then we have games. So like when I was coaching soccer in the fall and it would be like teach and then also take a three hour bus ride to Boston for a soccer game on a Wednesday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon and then I come back. Um, and so my girlfriend at the time, my ex, she was still at school, is still at school at Middlebury and just an inability to go <laughs> on a weekend. Because I'm like, yeah, I could go, but then I also to teach a class and coach a game, and it's just like the, the added already stress of trying to build a classroom <laughs> for your first year, um, and then you throw in an extra day of class and coaching. Um, boarding school is wild, but yeah, I can't believe you guys go to school on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, pretty terrible. Like it, it was a thing I underestimated when I took, and I'm very happy here. Um, but the Saturday classes are, are brutal. I was just curious, you know, for me, kind of the stress of teaching and teaching and dorm parenting and coaching and trying to do all of that while also managing a long-term, long-distance relationship was a lot. (laughs) I was going to say, I think that, I mean, all three of us can speak to it as people who have gone through like the path of education, but I think that as people who pursued like this career track that we want to make relationships as strong as we can in every Mm -hmm. capacity so it's like having to juggle something where is entirely relationship-based you know a lot of people respect teachers simply based on the relationship that they have with them so putting so much energy and so much effort into that while also simultaneously trying to keep another very very personally important relationship together and afloat is like it's one of the things that put a lot of stress on me in my first year, 100%. Yeah. And then like just always wanting to be the best possible teacher you can for your student. Like there is almost no pressure like that. I don't, I mean, granted mm-hmm. I haven't done every single job available, to me, but <laughs> there's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not that I want everyone to like me. It's just like, it's so unique to the profession. It's almost yeah. impossible to describe. Yeah. Well, it's very like emotionally draining and then you have yeah. to like, be like there for yourself and then if you're dating someone be there for, yeah I'm gonna be single my first year teaching I know this because <laughs> I'm gonna be living at home with mommy and daddy and when this shit comes back and we're back in quarantine which we are gonna be 
I want to be in my childhood bedroom in my <laughs> creaky twin bed, waking yeah. up with my stuffed animals. I can't get rid of my panda bear. It will be with me forever. So there's no better situation. Well, I mean, having gone through it now, I can. I think there are a lot of lovely parts about having a romantic partner during the first year. Like there yeah. was nothing better than coming home and like collapsing on my bed after duty and being like, but you're not going to fucking believe it. But I have mommy to listen to me. Yes, but you have mommy to listen to you, but God bless Lisa. And she'll Lisa. scratch your back. And she'll scratch your back. That's a good point. Has, men don't have long nails. That's my problem. I want my back scratched. I've been growing <laughs> out my nails. I've been extremely proud. I've been like really taking care of them and they were nice and long. But men don't have long nails and I find men with long nails, like I find it to be kind of disgusting. So it's a lose-lose for me because I know whoever I date is going to demand back scratches and I'm a schmuck and I'll give it to them. And then it won't be reciprocated. Mm. And I'm going to have to come home to mommy for back scratch. <clears throat> I've thought uh, about this. I, you really have. So Alexa and her fingernails. Well, I'm sorry you won't have a loving romantic partner to come back to when crazy shit happens during your first year of teaching. But... Luke, I'm curious at, on the on the crazy shit during the first year of teaching. Um, one final teaching tangent before I'm just curious about some other relationship things. What was the craziest thing that you encountered during your first year? This might this might not make it to the whole thing because it's actually a really crazy story. Um, so this is early October, so it's the first full month of my teaching. And you know how kids always tend to find out things before you do. So my mm. first, I have four, we have four blocks in our day also. Let me just phrase that. We have four blocks because our school is set up in semesters. So one semester you'll have like one science math class and then one language arts history class. And then the next semester you'll have the opposite. So if you had a math, you'll have a science. If you had a language arts, you'll have a history. And then you'll have your shop and then some other class, typically like gym, whatever. And so it's my first full month we're in like the first week of October right now and I'm in homeroom and I'm doing like the standard things that I do during the day you know playing music for the kids or whatever and a bunch of the kids are starting to say like oh we're having like an evacuation drill today like we're not having like a standard fire drill because it's a really nice day and I was like shit man like I was not prepared for this yet like I still <laughs> don't even know where we're supposed to go and like I don't even have my like card that's like green on one side red on the other yes and the kids are like oh we're just going to zone three and i'm looking at them like guys what the hell does that mean like <laughs> i don't know where zone three is so i was like what and they were like just follow us and i was like that's how it should work so the the bell rings for school to start and almost immediately they're like we're going into an evacuation drill everybody like do whatever you need to do so i just follow the kids right out takes about 15 to 20 minutes totally fine totally normal we come back into class, first period goes, and everything's relatively fine, you know what I mean? But we had a very short staff in the fall semester. Almost no one was around like every single day, so we always needed people to cover because we don't have like a very good substitute policy. So my, my prep period was second block. And second block, like I said, since we're a vocational school, I had to go cover the plumbing class. And so, the second block starts and I'm down there in plumbing and it's unfortunately for these kids, like the kids who are in the plumbing major, they didn't have a teacher for like the first four or five months of this of the year. So they were just kind of dicking around the whole time, which was like, fine. Like, I'm not going to teach them plumbing. I don't know how to do that. So they're just like messing around. And then 
over the loudspeaker, probably like 20 to 30 minutes into the class period, over the loudspeaker comes the uh, assistant principal. And he said, we're going into a lockdown drill, like everybody, you know, go to your stations or whatever it is, whatever he said. And I immediately had another panic attack because I was like, I don't know what to do in this classroom. Like, I don't know where anything is. Like, this isn't my room. And all the kids were like, oh, we just go in the basement. And apparently, since this is a plumbing classroom, they had like a whole floor plan of like plumbing set up. And underneath that floor plan, basically like a tiny house, there is a basement where there's like a bunch of PVC piping so that the kids can like work on plumbing shit. So I was like, okay, word, that's perfect for us. So then I'm like getting the classroom ready, shutting all the doors, shutting the windows, turning the lights off. And then there's like six or seven of the kids down there with me. And after like three or four minutes, I was thinking like, that's weird that we would have two drills in one day, like, especially so early in the month, like typically they need to get two drills in later on in the month, but it was like the 5th of October. So I was very surprised and 10 minutes goes by and we're still on this lockdown drill. And then 20 minutes goes by and like 25 to 30 minutes starts to go by. And I start getting texts coming into my phone from my head teacher being like, this isn't a drill. Like, this is a very serious moment. We are not sure what's going on. We think there's a gun in the school, like Holy all of this shit. crazy oh stuff. <gasps> so I'm like down there with these kids and they're like, you know, being little, I mean, it's, it's all boys. Not to say, not to try to be sex or anything, but very few women go into the plumbing field. And this is a classroom full of all boys. There's like six or seven of them. They're messing around. And I'm like, guys, like, don't mess around like this is serious we're not in a drill right now I don't know what's going on but I know that this isn't something that was planned so we should take it seriously and all the kids kind of like snicker and sneer or whatever and then one kid just kind of like under his breath goes I'm gonna text my mom just to be safe and like the reality of that situation hit me like a freaking mm. punch right to the stomach I was like oh my god like this kid literally thinks that there is a possibility that he could die today because of like school violence so I was like I was just completely mortified and I, my brain kind of honed in on like, all right, these are the things you need to do if X, Y, or Z were to happen. So 30 minutes goes by, 35 minutes goes by, 40 minutes goes by. And eventually at around like the 45 to 47 minute mark, which I obviously have like completely stored in my brain yeah. at this point, um, our assistant principal comes back over the loudspeaker and says, okay, like everybody, everything is fine. You know, go back to whatever it is that you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And then all of the kids are like, do you know what was going on? Like, whatever. And then I started getting texts from other teachers that were like, there was a kid with a gun in the school. He wasn't like planning on shooting anything, but like he had a gun in his back. And um, I'm like saying like, I have no idea what's going on. You know, you know, as much as I do, whatever. So then second block ends and third block is the period where all the lunches start to happen and it's split up into three separate lunches. So there's three A, three B and three C. So three A is my lunch, thankfully. So I go right from having my prep into a lunch period. So I go back to my classroom and I'm sitting at my desk trying to get done the work that I couldn't do when we were in lockdown. And while I'm sitting there doing whatever it was that I was doing, the fire alarm went off. Oh and my, God. my immediate reaction was that um, what happened in Parkland with where the kid pulled the fire alarm and like started shooting the kids as, yeah. they, as they left the classroom. So I'm fortunate enough to have a classroom that's kind of like on the verge of two hallways, like one goes straight out and then one is kind of like uh, perpendicular to it. And I like ran out into the hallway. I looked up the main hallway and then down each side and 
you start to see kids like poke their heads out kind of like apprehensively, like what is going on? And I was like, all right, everybody out of the building, like we don't know what's happening. So I'm like shuttling kids through the door and just scared at this point. Like I'm so on edge. Like even now I'm getting like goosebumps and shit, just talking about it. And we're all out, we're all out like outside front of the building. And I see this one girl who was in lunch. She like has French fries and stuff and she's literally crying. She is like in tears and like, are you okay? Like, is there anything I can do to help you? And she's like, no, I'm just scared. Like, I have no idea what's going on. I was like, everything's going to be okay. The fire department's on their way. All of this different stuff. And mind you, our fire department is like literally across the street from the school. And it took like 10 minutes for them to get there. So it was, it was very slow response time by the fire department. So they get there, they go into the school and probably within 30 seconds, they clear the building. They're like, we know exactly what happened. There's no fire. Everybody can go back in. And we go back in. The kids who were previously in lunch are now in third block. And these are my freshmen. So this is their first year in high school, my first year in high school. (laughs) And I'm like, guys, we're not doing a single thing for the rest of the day. Just chill. I'm going to put on Disney Plus because it was right when Disney Plus came out too. I'm like, I'm putting on Disney Plus and we're just going to hang out. And then my fourth block came in, every kid had their head down. And I was like, this is fine. And like, I remember just after that day, sitting in my chair for like the first 30 seconds and like wanting to cry so bad. Yeah. It was the craziest thing. And to think that happened so early in the year. And then we had like a big school-wide meeting of what actually happened. And we found out that first block, we were supposed to have the evacuation drill, totally planned. Second block, some but he heard an, a student say in the hallway, he has a gun, but it wasn't like the sort of like, oh my God, he has a gun, he's gonna use it. Like some girl just said to another guy, oh, he has a gun. Like, you know, just as kind of like a declarative statement. And a teacher took it very seriously as they should, locked down the school, they searched a bunch of lockers, you know, searched a bunch of kids, and then, you know, found out everything was fine, nobody had a gun in the building, whatever. And then just kind of like the icing on the cake was they were checking the ventilation system in our school for something and some dust got knocked into the ventilation system and it mistook it for smoke. So it triggered the fire alarm and sent everybody out of the building. And I just remember being like so fried by the end of the day. I was like, I don't think I'm going to come into work tomorrow. (laughs) That was the worst day ever. So that was, that was the craziest thing that happened to me in this first year. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> That's a wild story. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I remember texting everybody that's in our group chat, uh, me and Alexis group chat that's like we graduated with and everybody's like, "Holy shit, are you okay?" And I was like, "I guess I'm coming to work tomorrow. <laughs> that's all that matters." Yeah. I guess like bringing bringing that back around to what we were talking about with relationship, right? That's a kind of day where once something like that has happened, you can't even imagine then having to think about someone else. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, that's a day where you're like, I want to curl up. I don't want to care about anything. But at the same time, having someone you can go to and be like, I just, just, can you just hold me for a little while yeah. and just be here like that double-edged sword of, I think you get with any relationship at any time, but especially when you're going through a first year of teaching and when you're going through something like that happening, you are so drained and to have someone who could restore you is so great, but also having to worry about how someone else is going to navigate you navigating that 
it's something that there, I don't think there are a lot of ways to describe without hearing a story like that and then being like, and remember, <laughs> then you go home. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. just stop. Yeah, it was, it, was such a, it was such a surreal moment just for everybody because like no one had ever experienced anything like that. And while it did like go really far in forging a lot of bonds with students that I had, it was, it was just such, like I said, such a surreal thing. And then I came home and I just laid on my bed and I was like, not doing anything for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. Like just sitting down, didn't exercise, didn't even look at like any paperwork or whatever. Yeah. It was incredible. Is his story beat your craziest story, Devin? Oh yeah. I mean, my craziest story, very simply, it was also in October. Um, and this is crazy. This is just crazy in a very different way. We had some big things that happened during the year, but when, whenever I think of the thing that I will always remember is the moment that I went, what the fuck did I sign up for? was in October when I was on dorm duty and there was a group of students on the second floor who were being very rowdy and I went up to check and walked in just as a student was shoving a double-A battery up his ass. No. And why? I opened the door. A group of boys. (laughs) Yeah, it was a group of um, 15-year-old boys deciding that they were going to be 15-year-old boys entertaining to each other. And I kind of opened the door and was just internally, of course, was thinking, what the fuck? are you doing how does this even how do you think that this is a good idea like there could be battery acid i don't want to call you a goddamn ambulance but all that i projected in that moment was go back to your room and close the door and just kind of walk down and was like well i'm not putting that in the dorm report because i don't want to have to deal with that ever again that really was set it the tone. in was it like in the ass or was it like oh it they was were do it, it was it was gone i walked in as the insertion happened Someone else did it. For the no, day. no, no, no. He did it, it for himself. It was a, a self. I don't even know what the verb I want there is. I don't want to think about it. Battery pegging. Yeah, a self. <laughs> He's looking uh, for an energy boost. It could be a new. I'm sure there's. That's a. Oh, my nail just broke. Talking about long nails. I'm sure there's a. That that's a thing. I'm sure it is. I'm not going to think about it anymore. But that that that's the moment. I'm going to be so, thinking about that all night. An entirely different time. And I did. I walked home from that duty and called my now ex and was like, you're not going to goddamn believe what I just did you after a full no day idea. of teaching. And my duty night was on Wednesdays, which was like I would teach a full day. I would go to a soccer game and then I would go to duty. Um, and those are the nights I was like, I'm going to die. This is it. We're finished. But we we made it. Here we are. But enough about the teaching. So thinking, Jen, Luke, you kind of talked about this already, but are you the kind of person who prefers to be in relationships historically, or is this kind of long-term relationship a new thing for you? I ask this and preempting Alexa, this is because as she will no doubt yell at me, I'm always falling into relationships one way or the other. So we just like to, yes, we like to compare and contrast. And I'm dodging them like um, the plague, empty spaces that they are in my life. Interestingly, I feel as though I would have always described myself as somebody who wanted to be in a relationship. Um, But it's never really been a large part of my life. Like I dated somebody for two years in high school, but Mm -hmm. like reflectively looking at that, I hardly would call that a relationship now. You know what I mean? Like it was just two people consenting to having sex with one another over and over again at this point like Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you one thing that we like bonded over you know 
I have memories with her, obviously, but I really don't even know what we talked about. Like, I constantly think about that. Like, what were we talking about for two years? And then, like I said, like, I had that person that I was very emotionally attached to in high school, but there was never anything physical between us. Like, we had never, like, we had kissed maybe once or twice, but it never went further than that. Um, And then this is my first, like, legitimate relationship where I've been boyfriend and girlfriend with somebody and, like, actually deemed it a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And previously, I would have said that, like, these are the things that I wanted. You know, I didn't want to be the person that was constantly hooking up with another person, you know, or constantly hooking up with other people so i would say that i'm closer to the monogamous side of it but at mm-hmm. the same time like this is the first real relationship that i've had yeah it's, it's a weird it's a weird contrast for sure i love the idea of a relationship though i i like codependency a lot i think it's i think it's a wonderful thing i think mm-hmm. it's like actually based on your um on your recommendation i started listening to monica and jeff love boys yes and yes i absolutely love it other than that i just wanted to say that i wanted to find a way to shoehorn that into the conversation because if whoever is listening to this is not listening to monica and just love boys you're missing a lot of overlap like it's just an incredibly wonderful podcast and they were talking about i forget which expert they had on but they were talking about the ways in which saying that you know i love how you make me feel is a very Mm -hmm. immature style of love and that's what i think about now you know i'm thinking that the person that i have while I would hate to lose them, you know, I wouldn't be any worse for it as an individual. Yeah. And that's something that I thought was very powerful in the way that my ideas of relationships has shifted. And I really, really like that. As Alexa well knows, I'm over the past three years, I've been in three different relationships, each of them ranging from seven months to a year and a half. Kind of in their trunk. There's not been a lot of single time in there. And coming out of that, this most recent relationship the reality of like listening to Monica and Jess Love Boys was so great because spending time reflecting on that whole idea of how do you become like the idea of finding an other half can be so toxic. The idea that you are incomplete and you must find somebody to complete you. Um, And I'm as big a fan of Jerry Maguire as anyone else. You complete me. Great fucking line. Yeah. Tom Cruise can do it to me anytime, but just that idea of finding someone who you can be a complete self and they can be a complete self and together you can just be this beautiful, loving thing. I think that's just such a powerful way to think about romance. It's the way we should be thinking about romance. We don't because we have been trained on Romeo and Juliet and I love me, my Billy Shakes, but it's a terrible love story to model a life William on. Shakespeare, Billy Shakes? I Sorry. did. Why? That was a call that English majors. You wouldn't get it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> can I can I do can I do a William Shakespeare pun real quick? Yes. Yeah. If you were to say William Shakespeare's name in past tense, it would be would I was Shakespeared. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind that? of humor we need more of on this podcast. And that's why I'm friends with Luke. Alexa, I think I'm going to replace you. Luke, you want to be co-host? <laughs> I, nothing would make me happier. <laughs> I would be very I happy to so give up the reins to Luke. I would trust him. So um, we actually have an email uh, question from one of my friends. <laughs> oh. wrote in, and Luke, I was wondering if you would help us answer these two questions. 
So they are actually about virtual dating. Um, she sent this to me 25 days ago. Sorry, Amber. I totally forgot <laughs> to check the email. Um, so she writes, howdy, which I love. Yeah, I already Here's love some her. I, yeah, we love Amber. Here are some questions I have about dating virtually during the pandemic. How do you end the conversation? One, and two, what platform is best? Something where you can play a game, video, call, thanks, exclamation point, sent for my iPhone. Um, so I've been on one Skype date, FaceTime. Devin got ghosted on all of them. and No, I had one. I had, I had a had single one. date. Um, it was awful, but it yeah. happened. Luke obviously is not Skype. FaceTime dating. So I think we're the perfect people to answer these questions. We have no experience. Yeah. So how do you end a conversation on a virtual date? Well, how do you end, how do you wrap up a real date? Like an in-person date? I would but, usually just say, I'm tired. I'm tired. I guess it really, it, it depends I'm turn on- into an ogre, sir. <laughs> I gotta go home. <laughs> Plot twist, Alexa's life is just Shrek. That'd be so great. You'd make a good Fiona. Um, I'd make a good Shrek. Were you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> did you did you see the tweet that was like somebody describing the seat, like that scene in Shrek where Donkey says, what's your name? And Shrek hesitates and he goes, uh, Shrek. And it's like, this is the reality where Shrek didn't have a name before Donkey asked him what his name was. Because, like, why would he have, you know? Yeah. He had never interacted with another person. Like, and I was like, what the hell? Like, who thinks of this shit? Conspiracy theories on Shrek. That's where we are. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think ending a virtual date, I'm just going to sidestep the actual ending of a date. I feel like with the ending of the virtual date, you have the bonus. Like, there are so many things you can say, like, well, I have to go do this. I have to go do that. This has been yeah. lovely. Let's talk again. Um, I mean, I would always end conversations post-class, which is normally true because I have the bladder of a small squirrel being like, I have to go pee. This Bye. is great. I'll see you later. Um, I feel like depending on time, like I got to go make dinner. That's something you get on a virtual date that you don't necessarily get in reality because you're probably out eating food. You're probably at dinner. Not on the yeah. first date, though. A dinner date on the first date, that's pretty ambitious. I'm a messy eater, so I would be worried. Because oh, I definitely wow. was spilling myself. One time I was on a date and I missed my mouth and they spilled my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Um, An offshoot question of this, Luke, for you. Have, have you been doing, were you doing virtual dates in the time when you guys weren't seeing each other? And if you were, did you have like a go-to way to end? Each other? Yeah. Um. Typically, we would just FaceTime. Yeah. And like I said, my girlfriend's a bit more of a night owl than I am. So mm -hmm. typically, I would just be like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, have to be, I have to be awake. I mean, it's also like we're, we've been in this together for a couple of years now. Like, we definitely understand the schedules of one another. Like, yeah. it, was never, it was never a challenge to be like, hey, I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it was, it was a little bit different for us. But, yeah, I mean, we would do that. And then. Like I said, we would play iMessage games on them. We would just be sitting on our computers mm -hmm. and then playing iMessage games. And then what else would we do? 
think that was pretty much it. You know, we would never really like jump on Zoom or anything just because yeah. it's so much different when you have the phone number yeah. of the person. So it's like, but you know, it would be yeah, fun. We... Sorry, I just thought of something. I totally cut you off. Um, no, I think Scrabble with someone. You should, that could be a fun like pre date. See how good they are at Scrabble. And then if they do well, then you would like go on a date with them. I think. We should have fun with this. Our listeners, Amber, if you go on a virtual date, I think you should play a game first. Beat him, see how he reacts to losing, and then go on a virtual date. <laughs> that is such a powerful move, though. Like, Yeah. Oh, you're chill. I, <laughs> I went on a date with a guy, and I won at this game. and Didn't take it well. Didn't take it well. Yeah, well, fragile masculinity. What are you going to do? And I won at the very end. It was a sweet victory. I was so happy because I really didn't want to lose. All for my binder of experience. Um, so Amber, it. play I'd a game. I love the idea. No, I love the idea of like getting on Zoom and playing a game of Scrabble. Like that sounds so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. Because I, I think that going on first dates where you do something is so much mm-hmm. more fun than just like the drink can get monotonous. So yes. doing something that's, different even on a ver- in real life is fun but then on a virtual date it could also be fun mm-hmm. i would never know because i'm never going to do it but to our listeners i suggest you do it well i'll do it for you i am the guinea pig yeah you gotta find someone yeah well for, for the sake of time rapid fire style ideal uh what was the second part of the question it was service to do for oh yeah platform yeah uh, just anything but the app we used. Fuck that app. But I'll Which do anything app? else. Whatever we did the virtual dating on, the speed dating. Oh, that's speed Yeah, dating? I was going to say, what was it? Date roulette? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't remember uh, what it's called. Uh, me either. No, I, I just, I think like Facebook, well, I wouldn't do something on like Facebook video because I wouldn't want someone knowing my name or my full name. I think FaceTime is fine because you could always block them if they're a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Zoom. I don't know my Skype password. I can't remember it. But Skype would also be fine. Omegle. Omegle. <laughs> Omegle or Uvu. You could meet on chat roulette. You could say, okay, I'm going uh-huh. on chat roulette at this time. And then just like scroll through all these pictures of penises until you find the penis That's you're looking for. really romantic. A, a needle in a haystack, truly. <laughs> a person in a penis stack. Oh my God, that is the most disgusting sight. Maybe we should take that down. I used to love chat roulette so much. Oh, I used to love chat roulette all the time. But looking what's, back, what's, what's the other question? That was it. So I think we answered oh, on chat roulette and play Scrabble. I like it. Yeah, I like that idea actually a lot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell my girlfriend about that she has she has to do like one big law school thing and then she's done for the semester but other than that i'll be like hop on a word game good but you have to find each other on chat roulette and then you have to play scrap that's yeah that's that's the the pretense yeah, yeah. we'll play once we find each other yes. on chat roulette Scrabble on chat roulette is a whole new level of incredible that i think if you can do that your relationship is fine you can survive yeah. a pandemic and yeah, we'll we'll make it through. Yeah. You can meet each other on chat roulette. That's impressive. And then playing Scrabble on chat roulette is even more impressive. Could all three of us play Scrabble? I think we would enjoy this. I think that would be yes. a cathartic yes. end to this. Yeah, I'll grab you can my post board. A winner on your Instagram page. 
it will not be me. I'm terrible at Scrabble, but it's fine. I'll take a lot of joy in kicking your ass. I would. I say I really enjoy playing Scrabble. All my all my family members like we don't play physically. We play like virtually, and everyone's always doing like the two letter words that they have no idea what it means, yes. but they know <laughs> it'll get the points. Yep. So I'm I'm a big fan of those. Incredible. Well, I love it, Luke. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been a real thank you so honor. much for having me. It was it was genuinely the honor was mine. I was so so excited to do this. Yay. I've been looking forward to it all week, and by all week I mean since yesterday. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was I was really so excited to do this, and I was so happy that I got to be on. I can't wait to listen yeah. to it. Thanks for tuning in to Love in the Time of Corona. I hope you enjoyed our discussion on Avatar and cartoon nipples and long-term monogamy with Luke. Luke was, I would just like to say, a lovely guest. And just, I feel like we ended up talking less about a relationship in a pandemic, but just talking about relationships in general and also selfishly dealing with a relationship in the first year of teaching, which is so real and nobody warns you about that. I feel like this is a really great interview. Yeah, Luke's the best. Luke's wonderful. Um, and speaking of really great interviews, we are still hammering down the details for our next episode, but we will have another interview episode next week, um, most likely with a really good friend of mine, but I'm not going to tease too many details on that yet because we're still hammering down exactly who's going to be on. Um, but keep an eye on the Instagram. We will let you know who will be on for all of you loyal listeners. And if you're listening to this and you haven't yet followed us on Instagram, make sure to follow us at Love in the Time of Pod, where we will be posting more and more content and we'll be posting all of these updates on these lovely episodes. So thanks for tuning in. Hang in there. Stay healthy. Talk soon. <laughs>